It's time for the Hammer Down Show with Jared Jesselitis. Oh, yes. And what was that beginning, middle, and end part again? Streaming online at 1017thehammer.com. All right, sounds good. Let's do this. Last week, you just did such an amazing job. Now, <laughs> that was a heck of a week to be filling in, too. I know he really enjoyed that. Uh, but I got to thank him. Um, you guys uh, supported a lot of his work last week. He did very, very fine work as well. So, uh, again, thank you to him for filling in. I'm, I'm probably going to take a few more pauses in here and do this. It's going to be a little bit weird for me today. I actually spent the whole week out last week... Uh, I got like some sinus surgery and they literally pulled those tubes out of my nose just like a few hours ago. So like I am still kind of dealing with some stuff here. I'm I'm trying to power through. I'm realizing like the the back of my throat and stuff like that's still a little bit bruised from like the tubes and stuff that they put in during the surgery. So like I'm trying to do all this and not completely blow out my voice or anything like that. It's Everything went great. I just, uh, I got to adjust this new normal here. So I'm still a little bit stuffy and stuff too. And I can't blow my nose, which is the dumbest thing in the world. Ugh. Yeah, I could, t- I could take some stuff. I'll be fine. Everything's going to be great. But I, I do want to thank uh, our buddy Kyle for filling in because he did such a great job. I have to listen a couple of dates. And um, th- that's not the meds talking either that, that I was thinking. He really did a great job, uh, I thought, of covering things. And it was just so busy last week. I, we got a lot to talk about with that and more. Uh, we'll get into all of it today. I promise you that. Your thoughts on the Hammerhead text line. The Blue Fox Heating Cooling Hammerhead text line is always open to you at 765-447-4080. That's 765-447-4080. We got you covered if you want to make comments, questions, anything like that. We got you. Let's go ahead and get started. It is the Need to Know News. Here's your Need to Know News. All right, Purdue does stay locked in at number one for men's basketball, despite fears that UConn could leap them in this week's poll. Purdue with 41st place votes up from 21 last week. UConn comes in at number two, Houston at number three. The rest of the Big Ten looks like this. Illini up to 16. Wisconsin up to 17. Indiana down to 18. Maryland, just short, about like 20 votes or so. They come in at 26th. Ohio State drops down to 33. I thought they had that game against UNC. Tough way, especially if you go out there and lose it in overtime. Um, Iowa got some uh, votes, too. They're down to 35. Michigan State still picking up a few points as well. Next up for the Boilers will be a Wednesday night home game against New Orleans. Big Ten is off tonight. Three games on the docket for you tomorrow. Colts used to own the record for the largest comeback victory in a game, and on Saturday they are well still a part of it technically 
as they see the 33-point lead lose 39-36 in OT. Jonathan Taylor went out early in this one, and he may be done for the season. We don't know just yet, but they may shut him down. Rumors were that it was going to be a, a high ankle thing for him, a sprain. They're still meeting with doctors, but at this point, why would you risk it? I just don't see the business in doing it. Overall, just a horrible, horrible, horrible performance. Steve Smith on Football Night in America asked, can he be the first interim coach, Jeff Saturday, to be fired? It would certainly be grounds for it, wouldn't it? An absolutely embarrassing loss uh, up there in Minnesota. Meanwhile, Bears look solid, but eh, 25-20, they lose at home to the Eagles. I believe they are still sitting at number two uh, in the draft order right now. Uh, Justin Fields, though, he had that one run up the sideline there. He makes a spin move. He doesn't step out of bounds. It was one of the greatest runs by a quarterback I've ever seen in my life for a touchdown. But they sit at 3-11. and That's, what, seven losses in a row. And now you got to go out to Buffalo on Christmas Eve at 1 o'clock. That's not looking great, but that's going to be much-watched TV. Bears are a nine-point dog. But you can't tell me him versus Josh Allen, Fields versus Allen, isn't going to be fun to watch. That's a great Christmas Eve game. I'm here for that one. Pacers last night losing at home to the New York Knicks, 109-106. Buddy Heald with 23 points. Naismith with a double-double, 23 points, 10 boards. Halliburton with another double-digit assist night. He had 10. Pacers going to try to snap this new two-game losing streak Wednesday night when they head to Boston. Bulls got it handed to them. Embarrassed by the Timberwolves, 150-126. to Their fourth straight loss. Not going to go into it. They're going to host the Heat tomorrow. Blackhawks also got taken to the woodshed yesterday, but what else is new? 7-1 to the final. This was at home, too. 7-1 to the final to the Rangers yesterday. They're so bad. Seven straight L's, 15 in the last 16. They haven't won back-to-back home games, or back-to-back games, since October the 25th. Games 5 and 6 on the season. They had a four-game win streak there. They started out 0-2, won four straight. And now they since that, they have not had back-to-back wins the entire season. What do you do with these guys? Oh, it's bad. You get to the point now where you're losing all the trade value for Kane and, and Taze. What are you going to do? You start moving those guys sooner rather than later. Get it while you still can, because right now... Bro, it is not looking good. There you go. That is uh, that is today's need to know news. Tonight got some Monday night football action. Rams, Packers, Rams a seven and a half point dog in this one uh, up in Green Bay. I'll be honest with you, I've not looked that much at this game. 
I mean, you got to take into consideration what the weather's going to be like up there first. I know we're all expecting some like snow and stuff to move in, but I don't think it's going to be that bad up there uh, tonight. I look, I, you, you just can't back the Rams. Rams are allowing over 101 yards rushing per game. That's fifth in the NFL, but they give up 228.6 passing yards per contest, which is down to 21. So you think Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to air it out tonight against these guys? No Aaron Donald breathing down his neck, and you got to beat Baker Mayfield. Yeah, I know he got the win last week. It's still Baker Mayfield. So, yeah, I, I like the Rams tonight. Neither one of these teams is making the playoffs. But I think at home, Monday night football, Aaron Rodgers is going to get the best out of his guys tonight. My friends over at DraftKings, there is no Pacers game tonight. I've been doing those. Uh, you get a free, um, you get a, a, a no-sweat same-game parlay. For every Pacers game in December. But if you want to, they do have uh, get up to 100% boost on a a same game parlay tonight. You can still do that in the NBA. Uh, I'm jumping on. I'm jumping on the Donovan Mitchell revenge bandwagon here. So what's happening is him and the Cavaliers tonight, they'll host the Jazz. They're six point favorites. I like him over the 28 and a half points. I believe he's done that in all but two games this month. And even then, he's been in the 20s. Cavaliers are hot right now. And again, you're going up against your former team. Uh, I like it. I put something together here. We went Cavaliers, the minus six. Donovan Mitchell over 28 and a half. I got the Jazz under 113 and a half tonight, and Donovan Mitchell. With three plus total threes. So you get that, that gets you out to about three to one on your money, and then you can use the boost. Again, it's gonna it's not a risk free one, but it is gonna boost your uh, your percentage there on your take. That's my play tonight. That's what I like. I'll take the Packers again tonight, too. And those are the picks tonight. I really need to sit down and do some hockey. I've been pretty solid on hockey over the weekend one while we were gone. I gotta find some I gotta find some good matchups for you guys here. I'll work this week for you. I promise you that. We'll get some wins. All right. We're gonna take a little time out here. We're gonna come back. Um, let's talk. What do we want to talk first? Football? Basketball? Let's talk some football first. Drew Brees is in the building. Purdue a very busy week last week. I had a chance to fire off my thoughts, but I did have some time in a waiting room today. And I thought deeply about some of this football stuff. I've been reading what you guys have been tweeting about. I've seen the sentiment of the fan base. But I think there's some things that you're not taking into consideration when it comes to some of these hires and the current situation over there right now. All right, so let's talk about that. Hang tight. We'll come back. This is the Hammer Down Show. 1017 The Hammer. 1017. Hey, this is the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017thehammer.com. I'm Jared Justin Lines. Great to be back here with you after a uh, week off. It 
Again, thanks to Kyle for doing such a great job filling in while we were uh, while I was gone. Uh, I do uh, appreciate it. All right, so bowl practices are underway over the facility. Drew Brees talking with uh, folks today. A um, couple of the highlights, and you know, he called. He said he called Mike Bobinski. You need me? I'm available. Also said maybe don't uh, don't get too wrapped up in this though. It's not a long term thing. Seems like he wants to be around his boys. Didn't we talk about that a couple of weeks ago? People were just so, you know, excited to oh, let's bring back one of those guys. Let's do that. Oh, have Drew Brees run the offense. It'll be great. Some of those guys just aren't ready for that, like, the year round. And he doesn't seem like that's something that he wants to do. Seems to sign off on some of the Purdue coaches as well. Talk to some recruits. That's really where I feel like this is uh, this is going to be big, having him around. And I and I don't wonder if there can't be some kind of coaching role. I don't know that gets him talking with recruits. I don't think that's a bad thing. So they're out there. They're working day. You've got a DC after last week. You got an offensive coordinator after last week. You got a head coach. I was I was happy with all three. I understand that you say Ryan Walters, and that's not the sexiest name on the list. I understand some of you want that. But a young guy who seemingly really wants to be here and take over, a young guy that I'm assuming is going to really embrace the NIL, and you have to, but I think there's some resistance among some of the older coaches. You got a young staff that's going to take their lumps. This is going to happen when you when you start hiring a whole bunch of thirty somethings. They're they're going to learn on the job. It's going to happen. You're going to have to be a little patient with it. But I like the hires. I, I thought they were all great hires, and I was amazed at the 180 that the fan base did from. I mean, how many of these things? Two weeks ago, everybody loved Mike Bobinski. Then, Monday happens. Two weeks ago, Jeff Rom reportedly out the door. We get to Wednesday, and everybody's upset they don't hear anything about the coaches yet. Turns out, according to Mike Bobinski, he didn't get notified until what? Like Wednesday? Late Wednesday afternoon? Has to make what he do what he can with the uh, to, to keep the bowl game going. You know, a lot of ends were not happy about some of these coaches that were already going to go to Louisville, staying behind and coaching this team because you thought uh, that they might be uh, nudging some guys out the door to come with them. I understand that fear. And then we made it to the weekend, and you were upset. Oh, shouldn't Bobinski have a whole list? And shouldn't this been with one phone call and, and made this happen? And you no, know, I told you that Friday. So you got to be patient with this process. You want to get the right guy. You do not want to rush this in the name of just getting a, a, a name that you feel like you recognize that might fit. You want to make sure you do have the fit. Mike Bobinski took his time, and he got the right guy. And it took some convincing for some of you, and that's okay. And you think you got to have this big offensive genius? I don't think you do. Like you just want somebody to go out there and win and manage winners. 
And you got an offensive coordinator and a defensive coordinator that you both loved. And all of a sudden, oh, hold on a second. Seems like Mike Pominski knew what he was doing. Seems like Ryan Walters, this guy might have a future here all of a sudden. It's crazy how quickly you did the about face, some of you. Not all of you, but some of you. Now, there is still this lingering argument on uh, on the coaching staff. And I, I thought about this today, sitting and waiting in a waiting room for a while. Went to get all this packing out of my sinuses. And I was wondering if this isn't a better situation having some of those guys here. Uh, I, I don't really have any ill will towards uh, Brian Brom or, or Mark Hagan or Wallace or, or and, and these guys that are going to stay and, and then go to Louisville. I have no ill will. This is the nature of this business. This is the way that it works. You do need competent coaches to get you through the bowl game. I like that guys like Drew Brees called up and said, hey, if you need me, I will come and I will supplement. I will help out. I'm on board for that. That's awesome. It's never bad to have guys like that around the program. It's just not. But the more I got to thinking about it, and, and people worried about guys running to the portal, hey, I'm out of here, going to go to Louisville, the more I thought about it, the more I thought that this is actually a pretty ideal setup if you think about it. Now, the number one question is, why doesn't Ryan just take over and coach the bowl game? He's got to get familiar with all the personnel. Look, look what you'd be asked to do. Get familiar with all the personnel, game plan, and, and get the install, all that stuff done in two weeks. Oh, also, by the way, maintain who you got, understand who you got, and what they can do and what they can't do. Then go out there, you still got to hire your coaches. You got to work on your signing class. You got to work on the portal. Bit much, isn't it? I like the setup from this angle here where now Coach Walters can come in. He's not worried about that stuff. All he has to worry about is what's going on with the portal. All he's got to worry about is, hey, I'm talking to our recruits. I'm converting some recruits maybe that I had in Illinois to come over. He can focus on that personnel stuff right now. He can focus on finding himself the right coach. I would say if you had some fears of any kind of impropriety, and I'm not accusing anybody of anything. I'm not saying they're actively doing this. But think about this logically. If there was any kind of impropriety that, that may or may not have happened with trying to get players to jump ship to, hasn't that work already been done? Now, I think Brian Brom has, quite frankly, has earned that spot to do what he's doing here and coach that team. I honestly I think it's the, it's the right move. I know it's not one that you like because you think, hey, a couple of guys are out the door, and you don't have to like it. But I think if you just take a step back and look at all these things and what's best for Purdue long-term, I think it's it right here. And signing day is, what, Wednesday? You lost another kid today, the, the McWilliams kid, the wide receiver out of Indianapolis, P.J. Fleck got him. That's no disrespect. But I don't know that there's anybody in this. It's not like this is the, the most highly re- recruited Jeff Brom class that ever was. And there's all these pivotal pieces that you must keep. Otherwise, you are in trouble. That's the future of Purdue football that could possibly be leaving. With the portal, you listen to Brian Newbert. We have him on the show all the time. Talk about with the portal that the, the high school recruiting has kind of gone by the wayside a little bit. 
because the portal is stacked with names. Spencer Holstage was one of those guys. By the way, found a home out there in UCLA. Good luck to Spencer. But to you know to maintain the class ranking, all that stuff, it's not as important as it used to be. You know, with the portal. Now, obviously, there's some guys that you identify you want to keep. You know, a, a week and a half away from signing day, I'm sure there's some guys that want to be reassured of what the situation is going to be like and have an idea of who these people are before they sign. Give you that, but it's not the most critical piece here going forward. I think. I think when it comes to Purdue football, it's patience, take your time, and just do it the right way. That's what I need. Just do it the right way. So I, I, there's some great names in the port, or there's some great names in the uh, in the signing class, and I know again Purdue has lost a few, but these are not four or five star guys that you're like we're in trouble because we didn't get him. They're fine players. They could have developed here at Purdue. But I don't know if there's anybody in that class where you're like, wow, you know, we, we really needed a QB. Can we have two QB, you know, uh, commitments in that class? And we really needed to have at least one, and we lost both of them. I don't think there's a situation like that. Certainly, you like to keep as many offensive and defensive linemen as you can. You like the depth there, especially on the O-line. But it is what it is. I'm what's what's best for the kids. They feel like it's better off someplace else for them. I I get it. Things change to the last second. You get a little bit spooked. You don't know about the situation. You do what's best for you. Best of luck. I'm not going to argue any ill will. But I just think the way that it's set up here with those guys that are going to be leaving for Louisville, still being on the staff, I'm I'm quite frankly, I'm okay with it. If there is any damage done by that stuff, hasn't it already been done? I'd much rather, and, and I know it's not normal for a new head coach to come over and coach the bowl game, but wouldn't you much rather have Ryan Walters focused on filling out that staff, talking to the recruits that he wants, converting the guys that he wants over to Purdue guys, working the portal? You want him spending his time doing that right now? That's the future right there. Love to see Purdue win this bowl game against LSU. I want to see him compete at least two. But if they don't, is it really the end of the world with the opt-outs and everything else that's happened? Is it really that big a deal to you? I don't think that it should be. If you take it all, just take a couple steps back and look at it, you realize this thing is all going to work out. Mike Pominski did a tremendous job with this. The team's going to be better in the long run. It just, nobody likes to hear you're going to have to be a little bit patient. Nobody likes to hear that. But I think good things are on the way for Purdue football. We got a break. Coming back, Purdue basketball, still number one, right? There was this big fear that UConn was going to jump them. They do not, but there's still some questionable ballots out there. We'll talk a little bit about that. Does Purdue deserve to still be at number one and more? Well, we'll come right back. This is the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017. And we're back on the Hammer Down Show, 1017 The Hammer, 1017 The Hammer.com. The Blue Fox Heating Cooling Hotline is always open for you to text 
Uh, my buddy Josh, although he hit me on personal here because we're like that. Uh, listening to the show, really expecting a discussion of Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Uh, yeah, look, uh, I'll save that for a couple of days. Man. I was out all last week. I got too much on my chest here. I got to get off after missing all of last week. Maybe we can get in discussion later, but uh, it ranks behind Gremlins as a Christmas movie for me. Just throwing that out there. Um, you know what? I'm not even a big... I, I like Christmas. You know, all the classic Christmas movies are great. Uh, much more my tradition, though, is settling in and then watching all of my favorite TV show holiday episodes. It's like that's where that that that's what I like to get in there. I go through all my TV shows. You know, you know, get in the Festivus episode there. Uh, I got to get into all the Office uh, Christmas episodes as well. Those are all you know, Benny Hanna Christmas. And there's all those good ones. That's why I like to do. I like to take all my sitcom TV shows there and then just line them up, everything that uh, I used to like to watch and uh, watch the Christmas episodes. That's how I get down. Yeah, I'll throw in Christmas Vacation a couple of times. That's great. Um, but so I go, I go with the TV shows. All right, your Purdue Boilermakers number one still here. There was a thought that uh, UConn could make the leap and get past them. Purdue uh, with 41st place votes to UConn's 21. That is uh, good for a 20-point win over UConn. Houston comes in at third. The Jayhawks at four. Uh, they move up uh, four spots there. Um, and then Arizona up uh, to number five uh, with a uh, slide up by, what, nine Nine there? So every everybody that got the first-place votes is Purdue and Connecticut. I don't think anybody else got a first-place vote. Big Ten... Taking a little bit of a, a, a beating here. It's looking more and more top-heavy in the Big Ten. The problem is when you look at the rankings for the Big Ten, where they're at right now as teams does not correlate with uh, you know with the rankings. So your ranked teams right now are sitting around at the bottom. But Wisconsin's been doing a great job. They're up the 17th. Now they're they're uh, uh, the only other two and O team in Big Ten conference play right now. But you have, you know, the the Wildcats of Northwestern eight and two. You got Michigan seven and three. Ohio State, you know, got some votes seven and three. Michigan State's at seven and four, getting some votes, but boy, those are those are four tough ones right there. I, you know, the Notre Dame one is is a tough loss, but I mean everybody else that they played, I mean good teams. The Hoosiers are at eight and three; they're ranked 18th. They're sitting in the middle. I mean Illinois is zero and two in Big Ten conference play, and they're 16th. They're the next highest ranked team in the Big Ten, and they'll have a conference win in two tries. So this is not doing us any favors. I don't understand the, I guess, when you match these two teams at Purdue and UConn, um, where, do, where do these rumors come from? Is there going to be a little East Coast uh, bias? Yeah, probably a little bit. But you match up the resumes, and it's not that close. Uh, UConn number one in Ken Palm, Purdue at seven. Adjusted offense is 7 for UConn, 3 for defense. Purdue 5 in offense, 24 on defense. But the strength of schedule, this is where it gets me here. 
Strength of schedule is not even close. 122 for Connecticut, 106 for Houston. Produce at 37. I mean, it's not even close. You start stacking these resumes up, and again, hey, UConn, a uh, nice win for you. You've got to be pleased with that, with the, that road win. But, you know, both these teams are 4 0 in quad one. They've got a 3 0 in quad two versus Purdue's 1 0. Purdue's 2 1 0 in quad three, none in UConn. 5 0 in quad four for the Huskies, Purdue's 4 0. But, I mean, you try to stack up those wins. And, you know, you're getting them, uh, some of those big ones, top 10 opponents on neutral floors. I mean, outside the Alabama win, UConn doesn't, not a ton to phone home about here. Iowa State was on a neutral floor. Yeah, they're, a, they're, they're into the top 25 now. They get a win down in Gainesville. They won at Hinkle. But, I mean, that's barely a quad one win. Just, I, I don't see it. It's close. I, you could maybe start to make an argument for it. I, I don't personally see it. I, I don't see why two wins should, because they're not by enough, you know, a, a gambler's margin for you. I don't see why that should drop you down. The real head-scratcher was there was actually two people who voted. And don't go attacking them. Don't go losing your mind over it. But there were actually two voters that had Houston at two and Purdue at three. One lady actually had Purdue at two last week and then moved Houston up past them. It was it was such a head scratcher to see that I I just I, I didn't get it. But for right now, Purdue, with that strength of schedule, looks really good here. Sitting at third uh, third overall in the net, seventh in Ken Palm, and passing the eyeball test. They sit at number one. What I don't understand with that argument. With Purdue not having the the, the best of wins, uh, Nebraska's a quad two win. Davidson's technically a quad three win. But what I don't understand is why is it that an eight point loss or an eight point win to Davidson when you were favored by fifteen, and a three point win against Nebraska on the road when you were favored by seven and a half? Why does that? Why should you be pushed down below a team with one loss already when you went out and took 27th team in Ken Palm? You covered there against Marquette. You blew out West Virginia's ninth in Ken Palm. That was a two-point spread. You won that one by, what, 12? You were six-and-a-half-point dog to Gonzaga, 13th, uh, right here in, uh, in the net. 
You were six and a half point dog. You won that one by darn near 20. You were two point dog against Duke. These are neutral courts. And you blew them out by almost 20 as well as uh, on top of that. So why am I not getting enough credit for what I did there? But apparently it's enough to lose, uh, uh, to, to win a conference road game by three when it should have won by what, seven? And I lose a neutral site game after a week off, or I win a neutral site game by eight because I was supposed to win it by 15? That's enough to drop me down? Make it make sense. The Houston thing's going to bother me all year. They're going to be so inflated. For example, Purdue has 11 quad one games remaining, five quad fives, I'm sorry, five quad twos, and then uh, two quad threes and two quad fours left, okay? So it's four games remaining for the rest of the schedule in quad three, quad four, 11 in quad one. Houston, on the other hand, who again, it's one of those darlings, right? Two games remaining in quad one. That's it. Two. Two. And they're going to sell you this is a one seed. They could go five and one in quad one. And they'll be like, hey, that's a one seed right there. Now, Jared, calm down. Maybe there's more in quad two then, right? Four. Really? That's it. Four. So they have six games remaining on that schedule. We're not even the new year yet. Six games remaining on the schedule. They're just quad one, quad two for them. They have six in quad three and seven in quad four. They're going to sit up at number one, probably from middle of January all the way through till we get to tournament time. And you'll sit around and go, why in the world did they deserve to be number one when they're playing absolutely nobody in that conference? Their toughest, uh, by net, their toughest opponent left is Memphis. They've got them twice at 43. That's not until February, so anything can happen there. Before that, they got UCF at 68. And then everybody else is in the triple digits, folks. You are, you're going to have the Houston Krugers shoved down your throat as the number one team in the country. At least UConn has got some opponents. It's not great, but it's better than two quad one games left. They got five and one, seven and two. Four and three, and uh, three games remaining in quad four. It's just going to happen. It's going to be really hard to to get Houston knocked back. I, I just, I, I don't understand the logic. I just don't with some of these voters. It makes no sense to me. But hey, everybody gets their opinion. Everybody, this is why you have so many of them. So one or two can't mess it up. Voters got it right this week. Give it to them. Although you would really like to see the rest of the Big Ten start to make some hay someplace here because you can't have everybody else hanging around that bottom 20 and then expect the rest of the conference. It's just it's not going to happen. It's going to be tough. Tough tough hill to climb for the Big Ten, but it is very, very good. And uh, there's a lot of chances, as you, we just told you, with Purdue's schedule, 11 more quad one games left there to move up and do this. But, yeah, if you think you're going to be able to get past Houston at any point this season, I'm telling you right now, um, it's just, it's not going to happen. They're not going to move them out of the top spot until they lose. And it doesn't look like they've got a whole lot, a lot of opportunities to drop the ball in that department. We got one last break. We'll come back. Uh, we will wrap up the Hammer Down show next on 1017 The Hammer 101. 
Welcome back to the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017thehammer.com. Hey, tomorrow, Brian Tonsoni from Delphi Bracketology is back. It's been a couple of weeks since we talked with him, but the net rankings have been out. Uh, where do they have Purdue at right now? What about the rest of the Big Ten? I'm excited to talk with him again, see where we're at. Does he like, as of right now, do they like Purdue as the one seed, the number one one seed? Does that go to a UConn? Does that go to a Houston? No, we'll talk with him about that tomorrow here on the show. Looking forward to that. All right, let's get into some of the things that we may have missed. Gosh darn it, I gotta give props to the World Cup. I'm not a I'm not a soccer guy. Okay? I will go out to produce soccer. I enjoy watching them play. Big supporter of that. Go out to my daughter's games. Big supporter of that high school stuff. It's not my first. Sport of choice. It's just not. Um, I didn't grow up watching it. I, I don't have a team. I don't have a player. But darn it, if Sunday's World Cup final wasn't some of the most watchable, if not the most must-watch sporting event that I've seen in quite some time. Bappy comes back with those two goals. From there on, nothing but high drama. Amazing. I don't know how, one official in the middle, too, doing everything. And I didn't hear anybody tell me that he got things wrong. How? How do they do that? Such high drama goes to the penalty kicks. I don't know if that's a fair way to, to do it. I just think you go to sudden death in the overtime. That's just me. I thought it was over after uh, they put the first one in OT. They're like, no, they're going to keep playing. I'm like, oh, okay. Why not? More of this. Then it gets tied up again. And then you're just trading these shots so close. Oh, high drama. Absolutely loved it. So shout out to the World Cup. Should have never been played in, in Cutter to begin with. But darn it, that finale did not deliver everything you could have possibly wanted to have a sporting event and more. Uh, real quick, I got a uh, update here. You remember that guy who caught the Aaron Judge home run ball? And we had this debate on what do you do, and everybody's like, you absolutely don't let that thing go. I said I would trade it maybe for um, some other memorabilia. If you want the ball, that's cool. How about you give me the jersey, you sign it, I need a letter of authenticity. Don't want to give me the jersey, how about I get the bat signed and that, and maybe something else to throw in the box, you know, something. Then he got offered $3 million, and he said, no, I'm taking it to auction. Well, that ball did go to auction. $1.5 million. Now, it's, that's nothing to sneeze at. But at the same time, man, you want to talk about taking an L. And, you know, what? sports gods probably say that you deserve that. I'm not advocating that you should just give it right to Aaron Judge. Lord knows what the deal he just got. He can go out there and buy it himself if he really wants it that badly. I just feel like you could have worked out something. If he really wants that, cool. I think the team could have helped facilitate something. He still walks away with $1.5 million. Which is probably way more than you should get for catching a baseball. That's not even like the king of home run baseballs. $1.5 mil. Yeah. Not a shabby dime. All right, we're gonna take uh well that's it. We gotta take a we're gonna take our final break here. I'm gonna mosey on off. Tomorrow, Brian Tonsoni, Delphi Bracketology will be our guest. We'll take a look and see where they have Purdue at, where they have the Big Ten and more. 
And if you haven't had a chance to go back and listen to some of Kyle's uh, great interviews with former players of uh, Coach Walters and uh, other things of that nature from last week, he was so good on so much of this stuff. Go back and take a listen. Uh, 1017thehammer.com. We're also on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts on top of that. So uh, Google Podcasts, we're all over the place. So make sure you check those out and uh, take a listen. It'll be a short week this week. We're off on Friday, so uh, we'll jam pack in more basketball talk for you in, in more local sports tomorrow. Back here on the Hammer Down Show, starting at 3 o'clock on 101.7 The Hammer and 101.7 The Hammer.com. I will see you back here tomorrow.